You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like AIS. We're on it. Welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber, continuing our On the Road series. We're over on the campus of Fitchburg State University. And Cat, who are we chatting with today? Well, today we're really lucky because we get to talk to my very good friend, Dr. Michael Greenwood, who is the chair of the business department. Dr. Greenwood, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Hi, guys. It's great to be with you. Thanks. Well, we're happy to have you here, and I know you've been an early advocate. You were one of our first listeners to come up and tell us how you listen to the oh, episodes yeah, every week, so we're, uh, we're happy to have you on. You know, you guys are doing an invaluable job carrying the message out into the community for all the good works that the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce team executes on every single day of the week. Well, thank you, and you know, a lot of our success has to do with our partnerships and we have, you and I specifically, have a very great partnership, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. Because we get to do the Community Leadership Institute program together. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Wonderful. But first, if we could have, because I know a lot of our listeners don't know your illustrious background. I know your background. Could you give our audience an idea of where you came from before this? Sure. I came to a higher education from uh, IBM Corporation, where I was an executive in the uh, International Marketing Group. Uh, that was a fun, fun uh, gig working with the IBM Corporation. Prior to that, in my role at IBM, I was the uh, lead executive for the uh, Northern Europe consulting practice for IBM. I did that for a couple of years. I was actually living in Stockholm during 9-11, and that was quite a story. Um, my prior to that, I was with a startup that we sold to Yahoo in 1997. Uh, that, that startup was called Hyper Parallel, stands for High Performance Parallel Processing. Before we put all your listeners completely to sleep here, <laughs> uh, Yahoo purchased it because we were at the time uh, rated number two, only behind IBM in the world of, uh, of uh, what we would call today big data analytics. Um, prior to that, I was a vice president with the Nielsen company, you know them from the <laughs> Nielsen ratings on TV, but I worked the other side of the desk where we worked with the packaged goods manufacturers around the world, uh, aiding them in their marketing and uh, uh, promotional activities, how to launch a product and so on, and how to measure that. And that was a lot of fun. I tell my students all the time that, you know, I did pure statistics for quite a number of years, and I just loved it. You know, I loved it. And so I try to encourage everyone, including your listeners, to give statistics a, a chance because uh, it's a lot of fun and and, uh, and you can make a lot of money at it. It's amazing how many different industries it's applicable to. Oh, yes. The the um, the ranges from who's going to be uh, president, you know, when they always have these polls that say plus or minus some degree of confidence or something, it's nice to be able to understand where all that comes from and that you only need about 1,100 people to uh, for me to tell you who's going to be the next president of the United States. Um, it's obviously not enough to do the breakouts for all the demographics and so on. So we tend to uh, enroll a little, a little bit more in our, in our research studies. Before that, I was an executive with the um, Supermarkets General Corporation. I was in charge of uh, marketing for about 75% of a billion-dollar division for uh, Supermarkets General. Um, had a lot of fun doing that. That was that was just a ball. 
you've the, brought so you have such a big you have such a great background in so many different types of businesses. Is that one of the reasons? I mean, you just you bring so much to the CLI program, but you I can't imagine like how did you lead that into education? Like what made you said, "Oh, now I'm going to go teach." You know, I always knew I wanted to be in business even when I was a little kid with a Kool-Aid stand, right? They still do Kool-Aid stands today. Yeah. I drove by one the other day. And I, I just knew that I, w- I was always going to be an enterprise or, or business or something. Uh, and then along the way, uh, I had this uh, uh, uncle who was a English professor at the local community college, and he inspired me. He opened up for me the, um, the nobility of teaching. But it, uh, I knew that later on in life I might want to pursue that. So I gave it some thought and started teaching nights, as a lot of people do. Uh, sometimes, um, for Mount Wachusett Community College and uh, and eventually Fitchburg State University at night. I did that for a while as an executive. And then one day when I was working for IBM Corporation, um, I decided that, you know, I think it's time for me to uh, move into higher ed uh, and to pay it forward for all the folks who, you know, gave me a shot and bet on me. It is one of the most precious things when in an organization – somebody goes out of their way to help you and to support you. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it, guys? It is. It really is. A great deal of personal satisfaction now comes to me for having had all these opportunities to pay it forward, which I think is critical. And what's it like when you identify, you know, that student that you know is going to be a standout or maybe have that one that you're not sure of that completely surprises you with their business acumen? It really makes my day. The belief and the potential for humans to exceed their aspirations, to exceed their current limits that we set on ourselves. We do that far too often. You know, the limits we set on ourselves far exceed anything society or any other individual would set for us. So to get outside that and to to, uh, have the potential to really become what I call and others call a true possibility thinker, when I spot that in a student in the classroom or in a hall or speaking in the cafeteria or something, it, it really energizes me and reminds me every day, as I'm sure it reminds everyone on this campus, as to why we're really here. Mm-hmm. It's not so much training on the, you know, debits by the window and credits by the chalkboard <laughs> to borrow an accounting phrase. It's really about l- learning how to love learning and learning how to learn because the generation that's coming through the, our universities today They're a wonderful generation, by the way, Uh, just wonderful to work with and feel so honored. But at the same time, they're really among the first generations to not really understand what the future is going to be all about. And I find that both challenging and exciting. Don't you? I do. You know, we just don't know with AI and all the machine language influence it will have on society and, of course, on enterprise – how things will change, but I can assure you they will change and they will change in a very disruptive manner. And so therefore, for this, in the, particularly in the School of Business and Technology here at Fitchburg State University, we try to instill in all of our learners uh, a passion for learning, a passion for curiosity, and for never giving up, never surrendering, and always finding the grit and the determination to move beyond any kind of obstacle that might come your way. In a way, what we really want to do is train folks to turn stumbling stones in life into stepping stones towards success. You know, it's funny because you just mentioned earlier about possibility thinkers and everything you're saying about being curious and wanting to learn 
is something you teach every month during Community Leadership Institute. And I love the phrase possibility thinker <laughs> is one of my favorites that you say. Thank you, Kat. And I just, it really accurately describes what we do in community leadership. And I love the fact that you bring so much of your background in business to the program every month. So I'm going to turn it back a little bit to community leadership. When did you get involved? And I just want to say also, thank you for being involved. <laughs> but what made you say, I want to be a part of this? In um, 2011, 2012. Dan Esquino, president of Mauchisi Community College, called me into his office and said that uh, he's got a project for me he'd like me to get involved in. And he knew I would love it, and of course I did. And that's how I got introduced to the Community Leadership Institute. I don't think it was called Community Leadership Institute way back then. That was something we came up with, I think, within the last 10 years. We kind of changed it a little bit to give it more of a focus um, on leadership and community. So that's how it all started, and... To, for me, it's one of my favorite community volunteering uh, activities that, that uh, you know, one could even hope for, really. It's just an opportunity to uh, remind folks who get up every day and go to work, really, and, and try to do their best, challenged in so many new and unique ways. But, you know, Kat, what, what you do and as, a, as the director of this program, you know, it, it really provides folks with what I like to call is a safe harbor amongst all the turbulence and disruption and heavy seas that we find ourselves today, we can, uh, we can give participants in the Community Leadership Institute a safe harbor to go to for a motivational recharge, for reconnecting with the, with the community. Recognizing your own importance within the community, I think, is something also that we do for our, our participants. Many of them have come up to me over the years and said to me that they really have a, a sharper focus of what their purpose and their meaning is within the greater community as it pertains to their role at their firm and then within the community to how they, how they volunteer. So I think that's just one of the many, many rewarding aspects of uh, both that you and I share uh, helping to lead this wonderful endeavor and as well as all the participants, they share in this as well because they recognize that, hey, I'm a new middle manager. Uh, I just got promoted. Uh, uh, I'm a new junior exec or something. How do I figure out where everything is in the community? I mean, you usually have to spend five to ten years of going to, uh, you know, the grinning and grabbing events, yeah. right? You know, hi, how are you? And that's good. We want you to do all those things. But you know, the Community Leadership Institute accelerates that for all the participants because through your leadership, Kat, we're able to, uh, and frankly, I, I, I'm just always in awe of how well you organize all this. But, you know, we, we plan, and I know we'll talk about this eventually, but, you know, we plan trips all over the Commonwealth as well as within our community so that all the participants have a chance to meet and greet the leaders who are currently in those roles within our community. Why? So that they can somehow become the role models for today's leaders who become tomorrow's leaders. And, and many of the folks at our last chamber annual meeting, we, you know, when I asked, how, who, who here is a graduated from the Community Leadership Institute? And we were all amazed, weren't we? How many people were there and they stood up. And yeah. many of those people have, many of those folks who participated in the program years ago, uh, they have titles like president, and yeah. vice president and treasurer and CIO, et cetera. 
it's a great program that really does expose the folks that are in it to the community that they're serving. And when I say serving, because they're working in that community, so that is service to your community in some manner. And I think that it's really awesome because we start every session, once a month we meet, we start every session with your lessons. And Travis hasn't been through community leadership. Maybe we can get him to, but Travis knows everybody. <laughs> You're targeted. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I've been really lucky five years. I've been able to listen to you and listen to your lessons. And I have learned and grown so much and kind of feel like I've gone through the program five years. Um, but our listeners, unless they've gone through the program, they don't have any idea what it is. Yeah. Can you talk about one of the lessons, any one that you want to choose? Because I love them all, even though you asked me earlier which one to do. I love them all. Can you speak a little bit about what one of those lessons is like and what we talk about? Well, I'm reminded of a, a book I read in grammar school, something about the thread that runs so true. And that stayed with me my whole life, you know, that sometimes when you look at experiences in life, you notice that, oh, this is that horizontal common aspect that, that appears every single time we get together, or every single time we execute as a firm. For Disney, it's this unabashed uh, uh, dedication to customer service and where everyone in the organization is empowered to understand the mission. And then when that moment of truth happens, they know how to respond to do one thing. Make sure that the guest is happy and satisfied with their product. Now, how do you take that kind of an attitude and impress it upon folks uh, who don't work at Disney, who don't have the, evalu the, the availability of that type of uh, culture? Well, here's where the Community Leadership Institute comes in because we assist all our member companies with their own employee development. And because employee development is so critical today for our business partners, isn't it? It is. And the, the issue that they face is so much more complex today. For example, when you sell a product or a service, well, you understand the features and the benefits and the differentiating factors for your product versus someone else's. So we figure that out pretty good, and we compete. We compete quite well. But in today's world, in today's environment, and tomorrow's, what are the factors that are going to determine your your uh, the success of your organization? I'm talking to our listeners right now who might be running anything from a beauty parlor to an engineering firm in our region. And I'm, at, and I'm saying to you something that I know you understand. The challenge of running a business today is daunting. It's absolutely daunting. Why? Because things are changing so much. We really are in a, in a permanent whitewater condition of change. Which, So what do we do about it as a chamber through the Community Leadership Institute? Here's what we do. We provide for our member companies an opportunity to identify the high potential candidates for future growth within that firm, within that industry, and give them a place to go so they can get fast-tracked into our community. While they're, while they're working in the community through all the programs you curate, Kat, they're meeting uh, politicians. They're, we go to the hospitals who understand healthcare intimately from the executive standpoint and so on and so forth. And then when it comes to the leadership aspect of Community Leadership Institute, this is also where we shine. Because what companies have recognized is that with today's stressors, 
we need a place to send our people so that they can be re-energized with regard to how to operate and think and act with compassion and with empathy and with caring, both for each other in the firm, each other's in the firm, and as well as for our customers and our guests who come to our firm and our organizations. You know, it is a competitive imperative, Kat, that the Community Leadership Institute is here for our members. And I'll tell you why. Because if all you're about with 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 making sure that you're reaching your quarterly goals for your company, if all you're about is the bottom line thinking, then you're only halfway there. And I, you know, everybody realizes this today. What they what they have a challenge is is how do we execute on that? You know, how do I create this common way of thinking that includes compassion and empathy and consideration for others? That's where the Community Leadership Institute comes in. And as you said, Kat, every time we get together, what is it, eight or nine times, mm-hmm. we, we start every session off with a grounding in the operational behaviors that will lead to a more effective results on the job. And that's the bottom line here. When we ask people to, be, uh, to consider their own motivational levels, sometimes people get all excited, like, yes, I'm really, I'm amped up, I'm motivated, that's right. <laughs> And, of course, at that point, you know, I, I, also, I often caution people. I say, well, you're only really halfway there because some people think that being motivated, right, quote, unquote, means that I'm pushing away all negativity in my life, you know. Can you imagine when you were a little kid and you're playing in the sandbox with your cousin and your cousin covered her ears and said, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. Well, some people do that when you say to them something negative about the company or something negative about a process or something daunting. They think they're doing a really good job by pushing negativity away. At the Community Leadership Institute, we train folks to do just the opposite. Because a well-motivated life is a a life that's lived in 360-degree experience. Learning how to cope with the setbacks is absolutely part of having a motivated lifestyle. So we're really only halfway there if we think that I have to have this attitude. But if you don't link that attitude with behaviors, and those behaviors then lead to the actionable results. Then we're left with something about motivation and motivational stuff that really doesn't ring well with some companies because they don't know. It's like, yeah, that's great. We all had a good time, but where's the impact? So we ask all our participants to consider the value in the research that we offer them. Because, you know, I never once when I meet with anyone do I ever ask them to take my word for anything. You know, it's all based on the research that I conduct prior to meeting. It's actually what I do for a living. And helping them understand where the research points with regard to the types of behaviors that if you adapt and adopt those behaviors, you're going to be much more successful, have mm-hmm. a greater likelihood of being successful on the job. Now, wouldn't you like to know that? Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. people will say, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what am I doing that's making me be a knucklehead here that I can't, you know, get, sometimes it's just really easy, easy moves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we come back to this notion of what we do as a community leadership institute for our members. Here's something else we do that has to do with this thing called possibility thinking. Um, Angela Duckworth wrote a book called Grit, 
And in that book, she cites numerous examples where folks have, of, uh, have recognized that true success is only the type of success that is achieved in the face of adversity. You know, if your last name is Ford, as in Henry Ford, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be impressed, I suppose, with what you executed in life. That's great. But I need to know what adversity you had to overcome. Because I, if I want you on my team, right, if we were hiring a, for a startup right now, we'd want people on our team that understand the notion of grit, the ability to work through those untenable, unsavory situations. But unfortunately for a lot of people, they push those unsavory, uh, negative situations away. They think, well, I must be ineffective. I'm not doing my job because something unfortunate is happening right now. I'm sad or I'm upset with my workers or something. But that's really the point of it all, isn't it? We can't live our lives just 180 degrees of our life. We have to live 360. So with the Community Leadership Institute, what we remind people and empower our participants to think and act on is the notion that you are really in charge of your life. You really are. And that being a successful executive and a successful business leader and business manager means the following, that you're able to embrace the upsides, but you recognize that the up, up, up success is just as much an imposter in life as the treacherously low parts of yeah. our lives. Yeah. Isn't that right, Kat? Yeah, no, it's true. It is. We're going to step aside for a quick break here on the campus of Fitchburg State University here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon and Kat Deal continue our conversation with Dr. Michael Greenwood. He's chair of the business department here at Fitchburg State University and leadership coach for the Community Leadership Institute CLI at the North Central Massachusetts Chamber. And Dr. Greenwood, you mentioned those whitewater conditions that businesses are facing, and the Chamber's not right. immune to those either, and neither right. is CLI. Right. I wonder if you could speak a little bit about how CLI has you know, changed and, and innovated over the years under the time that you've been here in the past you know, over a decade or so. And I understand that's included a lot more community service aspects as well in more recent years. I'll tell you years. one thing we changed, and, and I had really nothing to do with it. Uh, it was when Cat Deal took over, and uh, we used to have one activity uh, that we did as a group and Kat looked at everything and did an assessment and said, you know, I think we're going to try uh, more of a community engagement, community involvement model. Kat, why don't you tell them about some of the, look, I'm turning the microphone around on <laughs> Kat, why don't you tell them some of the uh, projects that they've worked on? It was very sure. I, you know, it's really funny because I, when I took over my position, I thought, well, community service project, I've been a part of many of those, so right. I'm going to go ahead and, and dive into it. And um, first year, we had knocked it out of the park of, you know, projects. Five years worth of projects has been a lot, so I'm going to hit on some of the top ones. Um, first year out, we had a group inside the cohort that wanted to help people who were above the poverty line, but not wealthy enough to necessarily take steps to help keep themselves warmer in the winter. And they paired with Aubuchon Hardware. 
and distributed 1,000 window kits to folks through different organizations. And they also helped seniors in high school who needed community service project hours. So they paired with that and they got them out in the community as well. And that was the very first year. And I was like, you got to be kidding. Like, Already they're doing amazing things. Where do you go from there? Where do I go from there? So where do we go from there? In the last few years, we've had a project that affected downtown Main Street of Fitchburg. I remember that. That That was awesome. Yep. And they they helped uh, renovate one of the storefronts so that to help get it rented because that's part of, you know, we want to make sure that our communities are thriving. Um, Last year, what, two years ago, two, I can't believe it's that long, Dr. Greenwood. Two years ago, uh, young man from TD Bank named Austin Brooks took it up upon himself to help families during the holidays have a better time when they've been affected and are trying to get through cancer um, related issues. And from that, a uh, complete or a nonprofit has been started called the Russell Brooks Foundation last year. I know, you know, and, and then last year, and this is just, these are one of the projects from the years. There's so many projects. Community Cuts was two years ago as well. Uh, Christian Community Lo- Cuts. Right, and Christian Lopez from Fitchburg State University, uh, from Fitchburg Art Museum just yeah. ran that again. Fantastic. They just held it again. There's book drives and coat drives that are still going on in banks that started through Community Leadership Institute. And last year, we also were able to give seven non-traditional scholarships through the generosity of the organizations that put the people in CLI, that put these candidates and the participants in this class, through their generosity, they were able to give seven $2,000 non-traditional scholarships through the My Turn program. So if, if, if there's anything I can say that I have been able to do is I'm really proud of the fact that the Community Leadership Institute is in the community and is and is having a positive effect in the communities. You know, I, I think it was uh, Wordsworth <clears throat> that said, the music in our heart we bore long after it was heard no more. Ripples on a pond, my friend, ripples on a pond. The ability to reach out and touch lives that you know will continue to vibrate long after the activities ended. This is what the Community Leadership Institute does. Look, a lot of people at work today listening to this this. Uh, podcast are wondering how can they get involved or why should they get involved because uh, it this is a compelling notion that when you feel yourself on a, on an upward trajectory for your career where can you go to meet other leaders other like-minded leaders and share that enthusiasm for our community and for your own career and to network wow it's it's as if the Community Leadership Institute is like just like discovering plutonium for these guys. You know, we get together and they look around the room and they say, well, this is just great. I know that there's, there's Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups that have been formed and groups still get together. They have, uh, you know, get-togethers every once in a while to reminisce about their involvement. I'll tell you one thing. When I read, look back on my career, and as a listener, look back on your career. And think, well, how could that have been accelerated if you'd had something like the Community Leadership Institute that would take you into a nine-month program, one meeting a month for nine months? And as a result of that, you got personal introductions to the, to the leading industries, including a trip to the State House, to the leading industries and, 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 and business leaders within our region. Second, you get to meet colleagues that you never even knew you had. 
at other companies. And let's face it, when do you have time to get out and meet other people? Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. Because you're working too hard, which is great. And you're, <laughs> you know, you're, and you're volunteering in other areas. But if I said to you, you could get together once a month for the next nine months, network like crazy with other uh, other uh, participants that have just as much passion for the community and for their own career, for making a difference in the world, that this is the place you need to be. It's not a want. This is a need. You really need to be here. We need you here. The community needs you. There are people in this community that you have not met yet that are counting on you to do a good job at your company and then to be a good community leader, to get out into the community and make a difference for others, just like Kat just described so so well. And that's the passion of the Community Leadership Institute. You know, without the community leadership, where do we go? Mm-hmm. Where do we go? Now, when I, I reflect back when I was in business, if I had just promoted somebody into a role, I would, of course, I want them to network because that's the, that's the shared value of knowledge. But how would you get that to happen? Well, you got to go to a lot of, you know, after hours meetings and a lot of get togethers. I get that. But really, this is a focused, structured program designed to do two things. Introduce you to the leadership in the community, give you an appreciation for your own leadership style, and then while we're at it, expose you to all the research that not just suggests, but screams, please do this. You know, remember, Kat, when we, when we discovered the research around compassion and empathy, when you look at this research, it's startling how much you can transform your organization by realizing that there's a world outside yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you practice empathy, you know, that's that feeling that I feel what you're saying, I understand. You know, I'm not going to prejudge. Somebody shows up for a meeting late, instead of saying, why the hell did you show up on time? You say to them, is everything okay? That's the difference. That's the CLI difference right there. Right there. And then, of course, compassion is the act that comes after that. You say, you know what? I hear you, your dog's sick. Why don't you just go home, take care of your dog, your loved one, whatever you need to do. Because, you know, we're human beings, not Mm -hmm. human doings, Mm -hmm. okay? And the ability to get out there and work with people uh, in in an empathetic and compassionate way, not only will, according to the the research, not only will make you feel better, but it will make other people feel better. And your organization will be much more successful. And by the way, these attitudinal changes that happen within your company as a result of this experience, these become competitive imperatives. Very difficult for your competition to to duplicate because they're internal to your company. It's not something you advertise and, 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 and promote like product features and benefits. But it is there all along as a competitive differentiator. I'll say a sustainable competitive differentiator something that we all have to be aware of as we go into, we continue to navigate through these stormy waters, these permanent whitewater conditions of change. And uh, uh, for example, when AI emerged several years ago, people didn't know what to do and now we're trying to understand it. And I'm gonna tell you that uh, anybody who tells you they understand it doesn't understand it yet, okay? What do you need for those business leaders who are listening to this call? What do you need in your organization to have a response to AI? You need an employee, an employee group that understands the 
grit and determination it's going to take to work through all the challenges that AI will present to us. And as a result of participation through the Community Leadership Institute from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce, you're able to be exposed to valuable lessons and you have the opportunity to apply those lessons in between each meeting. Okay, So as a result of all of this, we're growing our attitude and our attitude often, as others have said, our attitude often determines our altitude in life. And you have to ask, you have to ask yourself, you have the option to have a group of workers with the right attitude that, that says that they're possibility thinkers, that, for example, failure doesn't exist in their mind, that, that, that you know, before you all go Newt Rockney on me, you know, failure is not an option and all that. <laughs> I get that, okay? But what, what we're really talking about here is recognizing that failure is a pause point. It's an opportunity to stop and listen and learn this is what we convey in the Community Leadership Institute, that when you find that part of your job that frustrates you, that it makes that day a tough day, you've then discovered your true purpose in that job. Because when everything's going great and you have time to walk around and drink coffee and talk about should, should we have traded Brady or not or whatever, <laughs> you know, you, you've, you've really got to be in a situation where you're capable of handling the tough parts, because it's almost as though your board of directors looked at your job description and said, well, we're just going to definitely going to have to pay somebody to do that. <laughs> and when, when that happens, that thing happens, that's when we embrace our purpose in our role. Look, one day I had the honor, I'll tell this really quick. One day I had, and this, this will, you know, executives who are listening to this will understand completely what I'm talking about. When you find out why you are in your job, then the wow comes, not before. The problem that people make for themselves is they run around looking for self-gratification wow moments on the job and in their life, but they're not willing to pay the price to set themselves up for that. So for example, if you lead, if you lead a disciplined life, disciplined behaviors and disciplined attitudes, then you have a chance to discover your why. And it's only then that your wow will pop up. And there's like, and that, literally, that's what happens. Like, wow, this is just the greatest thing. And somebody looks at you and says, what are you talking about? The books are three hours late. The board of directors report has to be ready, blah, blah, blah. They're saying, I'm loving this. Look, every job has its bedpan. I'll close on this. Every job has its bedpan. You know, I learned this from, a, I had the honor of teaching a group of nurses one, one, one time for a management class. And uh, when you... You have to imagine a nurse having to bring a bedpan into a, a patient. You know, pretty embarrassing for the patient, I suppose. And, and uh, you have to ask yourself, what would you do if you were that nurse? And if you reached out in your mind, as you would in person, and held that person's hand while they were going through this, smelling the urine and everything happening in that room, and you say to them, it's okay, Mr. Jones, I'm here. After, I'll get you a cup of water, Okay. You found your purpose. You found your wow. When you're on the job as a business leader, it's the same thing. One day you walk into the office and everything to everyone else's point of view looks like a bedpan. But for you, it looks like an opportunity to do what? To be compassionate, to show empathy for a coworker, to be patient for someone, to let the process play out, to do all those things we do that make us human. 
And these are the things that we stress passionately with, with a devotion in the Community Leadership Institute. We desperately want this for everyone because we are, we are supported and buttressed by the knowledge that when you have a team of workers that recognize their wow through their why, that there's really no project, there's no direction that you can't go in. And we're damn proud, huh? We can we're very proud. to play a part in this role for everybody. And um, and I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to uh, to sit here with you today here at on our beautiful campus. It's as Bob Antonucci used to say, you know, it, it's right out of Hollywood. You know, yeah. it's a Hollywood campus. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Greenwood. Very it's, welcome. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You know what I like to say at the end of every session, right? I like to say. Let's go change the world. Let's go change the world. Let's indeed. go change the world. Thank and if you. you want to help change the world, Kat, I'm going to throw it to you because normally we ask our <laughs> guests, go, but you're, you're the contact yeah, for this. Sort of I am. So where she do is. listeners go for more information on CLI and participating in this course with Dr. Michael Greenwood? So the best way to do this is to head over to www.northcentralmass.com. Go to our programs. There's a whole information sheet with all of the dates already laid out, including the lessons that Dr. Greenwood will be having, uh, will be presenting, where we're going to be. And uh, that's where you also can apply. Applications are due by August 31st. This is a limited number of seats available. Dr. Greenwood and I have determined that we only can affect so many folks a year. Yep. And uh, we encourage everyone to uh, get involved. And we really would love to see as many people as possible uh, become part of this. Because one of the things that we love seeing come out of this is changed lives. Oh my God. Yes. And those lives change the communities that they live in and serve in. And uh, we think that this is perfect for everyone to go through. Dr. Michael Greenwood, thank you so much for taking the time to have us out here at Fitchburg state university today. And for sharing, you know, that lesson with us today, we got like a little bit of a freebie today. <laughs> and I, and now I feel energized. Just oh, from this let's conversation. go change the world. Let's go change the world. We'll be back with another episode of the inside North central Massachusetts podcast next week. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.